Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky, and I am super excited to be joined by Jenny and Carolina for this episode. Oh well. Hi Becky. Hi guys. (laughs) I forgot forgot to space. It's fine. Um, (laughs) How is everyone? How was your reading weekend? Reading was not good this week. Mine was pretty good. Okay. um, Can we skip ahead to the book of the week? (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) Okay, I'll save it for the book of the week. Because, yeah. Okay, but you had a good reading week? Yeah. Okay. I got, um, I went down this rabbit hole of, okay, uh, a little teaser, you know, for a, for a head, um, prepping for, we're doing a cowboy episode. Right. And I've been, I've read tons of cowboy stuff, but I just wanted to like, see what else was out there. Right. What hadn't I read? Um, trying to find, I found a new to me author and, um, the first book was okay. Good um wasn't like the best but I really liked the characters that were coming up and I was completely intrigued and now I think I started that book like a week ago and now I'm on book four go Carolina so I just it it, like it's just as one of those that you just you're like intrigued by the characters I'm liking the story I'm liking there's a lot of good qualities that I like about cowboy romances within this series so I'm okay I'm in, a, I'm in a good spot. Well, look forward to that cowboy romance episode because <laughs> giddy up. Um, I got books. I'm going to make so many cowboy jokes during that episode. <laughs> Just <laughs> wait. I am here for I'm it. Ready. Let's go. Just I, you wait. I, I got to get my, my cowboy puns ready too. Right? <laughs> okay. So um, we've been doing each week a term of the week. And so this week... I picked The Pining Hero because I said that in a recent quick shot and I had an instant message from someone saying, what does that mean? Oh. <laughs> it is not a tree. It is not a hero. No. It is a tree. So here's I'm the sure di- there's some of those somewhere. I'm sure. And I just recorded a bunch of Should You Read It's for Patreon exclusives. One was a gargoyle. One was the Easter Bunny Why Choose Romance. So a tree would not be outside the realm of possibilities for me right now. <laughs> um, but for a pining hero, when I say pining hero, here's the very basic definition. And then maybe you guys will have some other thoughts. It's when the guy likes the girl and is pining after her. But the girl is either clueless for some reason she or she can't or won't readily return those feelings. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would too. Now, do you guys like a pining hero? Do you have thoughts one way or another on a pining hero? Um, I think there has to be a good reason for it to go on for a really extended period of time. Like if it's years and years, um, there needs to be a good reason. Okay. I think sometimes we confuse crush with pining. I think a pining hero, it's a more in-depth attraction than a crush. Yeah, I would say with a pining hero, they they know more about the person. Like, it's not like a surface level attraction or like an acquaintance. It's someone they know a little more deeper. They might have like, yeah, they might have been in a previous relationship with them or knew somebody that was, um. Or they were just like a close family friend. I think pining, we have to see some emotion. Like some kind of emotional connection Mm -hmm. over just physical attraction. Physical attraction to me is simply a crush. Like I'm attracted to that person. Maybe they have a great ass. You know, maybe (laughs) I like their eyes or whatever. Yeah, there was a book I read that was just, it was all physical attraction. And it was just all lust. Yeah. And that's, and it's not, I mean, there's a, sometimes there's a type in place and you want that type of book, but for the most part, I want the love. I want that connection, which is, has the emotional connection to it. Not just, yes, I think, you know, part of relationships is you should last after your partner, but at the end of the day for, for that happily ever after you want, 
more emotion. I, I think there's a fine line with a pining hero that can, if it's not done carefully, they can cross into this like whiny and not, um, I don't know, just it, it can cross over to a one where I don't end up liking the hero. I feel like they're not um, as strong as I want them to be. You know, even cinnamon roll hero, like, you know, not necessarily, I don't want them to, they don't have to be an alpha, right? Like a cinnamon roll hero can be a pining hero. I think in all hero types, you can have a pining hero. Um, but then you also don't want them to be a doormat, right? Like you, I yeah. like when you see, I, I kind of like a pining hero who shows their love in acts of service. And I think that's where um, they can showcase themselves really, their intentions really strongly. I think I'm with you. I, well, and I'm not a huge fan of the cinnamon roll hero, as we learned in the cinnamon roll hero episode where I kind of um, went off about them being basically beta <laughs> heroes. Um, but I think sometimes the pining hero can be so passive that he never moves forward in the relationship and it feels one-sided and she has to be the aggressor. And I think that if he loved her that much, it should feel more mutual than aggressive. Like, you know, she takes charge and is going to tell him that they're together, which is fine in the right circumstance. But sometimes if he's been pining quietly, it just feels, I don't know, kind of like you said a doormat sloppy it lacks that chemistry I think that's what gets diluted sometimes is the chemistry yes I would I would agree with that okay so that is has nothing to do with our episode this time <laughs> so we just no, did it's a good topic I, I would also say there's some great great books and and Becky didn't I didn't see this in the notes, so I didn't come prepared with a couple books of like great pining heroes. Um, and they're ones that I have to like look up, but there's just some ones where like they, again, they do the little things that you just love. Like you, they will sit outside of their door to help them feel safe. They'll bring them food and they really think about their well-being. Like there's really great qualities about a pining hero. Okay, that so here make you melt. Here are some pining heroes from recent reads. Temptation by Jenna Hartley. He's a pining hero, and he just does everything he can to make her life a little better. Um, mm -hmm. let's see here. Oh, I have one for you, and he's my book boyfriend because you didn't mention this book. Not that you had the topic before we started, but. <laughs> Noah or North from Every Shade of Winter. Oh yeah, he's he's a serious pining hero. But with lots of acts of service. Tons of acts of service. For uh, sure. He's a great example. Um I think you read a book. I haven't read it yet, but um Molly McLean has a pining Yeah, hero. we're made of moments. Yes. Yeah. And I remember when you were reading it, you were like this guy is pining all over the place. Uh, he pines and he pines hard and he's such a good guy that even as she's, you know, because it's a little bit of a love triangle-ish, but it's not because. Right. And that's a good example of it. I think what you guys are talking about, he always makes sure he's still in the picture. Like yeah. it might not be the right time for her, but he's not going to let her forget him. Yeah. Um. Promise Me Always, which is book four in the Redemption Hill series by A.L. Jackson. He's been attracted to her. He kind of pines for her, but doesn't feel that his life is in a safe enough space to bring her in. But circumstances change and she's like, hey, I like you. You like me. You need my help. Let's be together. But it's only fake. But they have such hard feelings. They're like big <laughs> feels. Um Dr. Playboy, he's a little bit of a pining hero, but he's also a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dr. Mistake. 
Oh, mm-hmm. yes. He is a pining hero. Yes. Oh, Maybe we need a whole episode example. on pining heroes. Okay. No more book recs. No more book recs. We'll save them. <laughs> episode <for> coming. <laughs> episode coming. Um, okay. So on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, the three of us are going to talk about bookstores, thrifting books, and like if we could build a dream bookstore, what would we want in it? Um, how would we want the vibes and the feels to be? Because so I think this is just such an interesting topic. There are definitely big feels that are associated to bookstores. But over the last couple of years, you know, many of us have moved to online retailers. So the book mail mm-hmm. comes to us. We don't go to the bookstores anymore. Um, and being a romance reader, sometimes a bookstore experience can be very different. Agreed. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about how bookstores, big chains and independent bookstores, aren't necessarily independent author, indie author friendly. Which, because, so I live in a small town, and in this small town that I grew up in, it's always been kind of the mantra drilled into our head, support local, support local. You know, you buy local first. And I do. I try very hard. You know, we try to go to the local restaurants over the chained restaurants. But when it comes to bookstores, it's a little difficult. Yeah. So so we're going to talk about bookstore experiences and then maybe build our own dream bookstore on this episode. I love it. Okay. So let's talk about those feelings we get going to the bookstore. Do you plan your day? Like, do you plan, I am going to the bookstore today? Or is it a happen chance? Like, oh, look, a bookstore. I'm going to stop there. Um, I would say a little bit of both. Yeah. I honestly don't go to bookstores as much. So it has to become much more intentional that I am going to a bookstore. Um, and especially if I want to go to a mass retailer bookstore like Barnes & Noble. Um, they're really not close to me. I I think the closest one is 30 minutes, which is, there used to be one 15 minutes away from me. And I was in there every freaking weekend. Like (laughs) my closest Barnes and Noble is 45 minutes. It's yeah. The nicer one is the nicer one is, or the bigger one for me is about 45 minutes away. So mine's 45 minutes in the same one as Becky's. Funny. Yeah, so, we do not live do in the same place. <laughs> so for me, it has to be very intentional. Um, I do have a couple independent bookstores around me. Um, and I'm I'm actually trying to get to all of them, but they are independent, like general independent bookstores, not necessarily romance specific. So you run into um you get just more of the mass published the traditional published books in there um which yeah I read some of those but I tend to read more independent or blended authors yeah I think um for me it has to be an intentional and it's so easy it's so easy to see and I think part of it is two versus I read 99% mm-hmm. on my Kindle. Buying yes. a physical book for me is something, it's about the collection. I'm looking either for a specific title that I love, or I'm looking for the old school used books, like the old step backs and stuff like that. So I'm not going to a bookstore with the purpose of buying books either half the time. It's more, let's, let's go see what they have. Yeah. Well, unless it's a, go ahead, Jenny. Oh, I would say that's like part of the, like planning versus like spontaneous. Like if I, if we're on vacation somewhere and I walk by a bookstore, yeah, I'm going to walk in and like, see what's, see what they have, like what's popular in the area, what's going on, um, if I'm planning, I'm going to have money to spend 
when I go. I'm I'm with Becky in that like the books, the physical books that I buy, they're a little bit more trophies. Like I'm actually not reading them as much. And there's a lot of the covers and like the alternative covers I don't tend to like. I want, you know, um the spicier covers. The Manchester. Yeah, which you you get on or the couple, you know. Um, which you tend to get on author websites or sometimes online or, you know, depending on what's, what that is, you do not get them in a, a major bookstore. Um, I went to, when I was in San Diego at the beginning of April, um, there is a new all romance bookstore that opened up there end of last year called Meet Cute. And it was the first time I'd ever been in a, a bookstore that was strictly romance. Um, and I have to say, their selection was pretty incredible. They had a great diversity and in selection between um, traditional published authors. They had independent authors, um, like Melanie Harlow was the was in there. Um, they had a great diversity in author, um, like they had BIPOC authors, they had um, queer LGBTQ romance, they had historical, contemporary, Western, they really had it all. They even had a section for romance adjacents, which they called the um, happily for now not the like their intention in the bookstore was happily ever afters um they even they had a whole section for um they had the dark the mafia the pnr like they really did a great job of representing the different subgenres and tropes within romance i was really really impressed with that and that's meet cute in san diego it's in Meet Cute, and it's which is in North Park in San Diego. Tons of great restaurants in North Park. If you're in San Diego, <laughs> go have lunch, then go to the bookstore. Um, like I think I lapped the book. It's a, it's a smaller store, but like I lapped it like two or three times. Um, and my parents were with me, and my my dad wanted to check it out. Like he's like, okay, let's go see what's all this about. Um, but they. I could have been in there longer yeah. to be frank like um but it was it was a great experience in in that I haven't been to any other romance focused bookstores so I can't speak to that um I haven't been to one at I haven't all. been to any yeah. <laughs> right um they did a fabulous job now the I recently went into a okay. Barnes and Noble before you go Mobile. to that I want to say something real quick it's kind okay. of a the more you know kind of thing so we all know Melanie Harlow is a Kindle Unlimited author. She's exclusively retails her ebooks on Amazon. So that's a piece that some people don't understand. If your book's in Kindle Unlimited, it is the ebook only that is exclusive to Amazon. She previously would have printed her books with Amazon, but has moved them over to a print company. It's an independent press called Ingram Sparks. And that is what allows her paperbacks to now be available in independent bookstores and in Barnes and Noble retailers. So if you as a reader go to your Barnes and Noble and say, hey, I'd really like you to get, and I know this author isn't on there right now yet, um, I'd really like Krista Sandor's The Nanny and the Nerd. Can you order that for me? They're going to tell you no, because as of now, Krista has her print only set up on Amazon printing. She's going to make the move to put them over on Ingram so that you will be able to get the paperbacks in Barnes & Noble. But that just is a business, the more you know. So if, like, you know, you, I think that, like, Harlow James prints solely through her Amazon printing, she will make the move eventually when she's ready to go and put her paperbacks at Ingram Sparks so that then you would be able to buy them at the local Barnes & Noble retailer. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, 
Okay, hold on to your Barnes and Noble thing though, because we're gonna okay. do because we're gonna get there. Um, the smell of the bookstore. Do you get the dopamine release when you are in the bookstore? Just from the smell of a bookstore. I wouldn't say it's as strong as it is at like say the library. Yeah. Um, because they usually have like other stuff going on that kind of like dilutes. Well, so let's get to Barnes and Noble because this is going to bring up Barnes and Noble. So I just want to caveat this and then I'll let Carolina go. As a kid, <laughs> as a young adult of the 90s, when I was, you know, late teens, early 20s, Barnes and Noble was the devil of book retailers. Like you constantly hear nowadays all this hate towards Amazon, that they're awful they're harming authors. They're harming book sales. All these things. They're like the big, bad, ugly man. As somebody who grew up in the 90s, that used to be Barnes & Noble. Because they were coming into small towns and putting the mom and pop bookstore, newsstands, and retailers out of business. Because they could sell books cheaper than the mom and pop stores. So... For me, going into Barnes and Noble still has a little bit, it's good old Catholic guilt. Like we were taught, you know, support local. <laughs> You're going into Barnes and Noble to buy a book. I don't feel that same um, guilt on Amazon because it's a website and I don't really think about where my money <laughs> is going. Um, but I have a hard time with Barnes and Noble. I struggle with Barnes and Noble, but now my struggle is different than it used to be. So, Carolina, you recently went into a Barnes & Noble. Tell us about your experience. Okay. So, let me preface this with, I don't have the same guilt that Becky has in walking into a Barnes & Noble. Like I said, when their store was 15 minutes away from me, I was in there, like, every single weekend. And my husband knew if we were out shopping and if I was popping into Barnes & Noble, it was at least a two to three hour experience for me. Like, he would drop me off and then he would go somewhere else. <laughs> now, that was very much, this was... Um, probably five or six years ago that they closed. So this was before my, like I dove hard into romance. So I was going in there for cookbooks and fiction and mostly cookbooks because I could sit and read a cookbook for hours. I'm weird like that. Um, so for me, a Barnes and Noble is a joyous experience. I had positive like feeling towards Barnes and Noble. Now, getting into romance and everything. So I happened to be at this mall. I wasn't even thinking about going into a Barnes Noble. I was going to the Apple store and I happened to have to like park by a Barnes Noble. It was the closest entrance to for me to get to the Apple store. So I go in and I'm, I'm looking at the romance section and I'm going up and down one aisle and it's, you know, they're, they're romance, but it's all the alternative covers, you know, the illustrated, the single, um, and Becky, you're going to have to clarify me with all the different cover names, but it's like the single, like the object image, cover, one, the object cover. Um, and I just listened to that episode too. And I can't even think of the names, which was an excellent episode, by the way, if you haven't listened to that one, go listen to it. It's an education. Um, and it was, it was all that section. And it was very like bright colors. I, I actually took a step back at one point scanning the section because it was all these bright, happy colors. And I'm going, I know that author and that book, and that is not a light, happy book. And I actually found myself getting irritated because this, the way that just the covers looked and the section looked was just not fully representative of romance. I feel like it marginalized and dumbed down and deprioritized and and made it like feel very bubblegum poppy where we all know that romance books can be prolific, can be deep and soulful and dark, but and emotional much more than you know, the typical rom-com. So I leave the store, go shopping, 
And I started thinking about it going, I didn't see any of the mass paper or the mass. What are the smaller ones? Mass the, market. Mars, the ma mass market ones. I didn't see anything from Harlequin. Categories. I didn't even see like, um, I was like, I didn't see more of the major authors like Nora Roberts and the historicals and um well, you probably didn't one? see the trendy books you probably didn't see the so when I went back through the store I started going more seriously up and down the aisles two to three rows later than the the major one that you saw was the rest of this was the mass market paperbacks was the harlequins was the his, historical romance like it they separated these two romance sections and I was just floored by that because they were obviously marketing these two sections to different people and they prioritized and made the space much more open for the covers that were the alternative what we would consider the alternative covers yeah so we talk about this in the cover episode because the current book buying is they want the trade so they want the bigger size they don't want mass market and they um want the cute alternative covers and actually there's a little bit of a and we didn't talk about this but there's a little bit of a disconnect in publishing right now because there's only two mass market presses left that are operating. And the thought process is stores, retailers like Target do not want to carry mass market. They want trade size because it's the outward facing cover forward shelving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mass market doesn't fit into their face forward shelving those were made for trade size and it's and we talked about this a little bit in the cover episode and I think in another episode we talked about book ownership is a sign of elitism because mm -hmm. it used to always be the upper class that owned books and I feel like we see that more and more particularly with things like book talk and the fancy bookshelves and um, that kind of thing. It was it was really interesting too because I found myself I I typically at this point because of what I read in romance and the the more independent authors that I read, I'm really not buying their books in Barnes and Noble. If I'm buying a book in Barnes and Noble, it would probably be some of the category romance authors that I really love. Like I searched to see if they had Stacey Kennedy's books in there didn't but you know I was looking through that section or I would buy maybe historical romance because like you get you still get those covers yeah. the um the clinch or the what's the one with the flap? step back the step back covers you still get those that are just yeah. you know the, for historical the book has, you know they're historical they they're still kind of authentic to that category um so I'm really not buying kind of the other books I, I didn't buy them anything in that one trip um, as opposed to me going into the independent bookstore of, of meet cute in particular. Um, I was helping my mom find books cause she reads books like, Oh, nope. Here's this one. You haven't read this. Have you haven't read this one series book two in this series? Like here's this. Um, and I bought a book by um, Rebecca. Witherspoon? Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Um, because I knew it was, it was a cowboy book. I wanted to read it. But I also wanted to support an independent bookstore. Um, and this book, I just knew that I probably wasn't going to get, um, you know, if I, w I was probably going to pay for it anyways in a digital book. So might as well support the independent bookstore. Mm -hmm. um, or I was like, oh, man, next time I'm going to go and make sure I buy some independent authors, too, to give them some love. Well, Rebecca um, is an indie author, and she's also a BIPOC woman. Yes. Um, and I read her book, Rafe, which is a Manny. It's delightful. Delightful. Mm -hmm. um, Jenny, 
we had a discussion about Barnes and Noble. It was more about the junk of Barnes and Noble. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, that goes back to what I, what I was talking about with the smell being like diluted. I was just like looking up, like when I was a kid, I went to Breedmore, um, which is also a Hallmark store mm-hmm. to buy books. So like it's all these cards and like, stuff you give people when they're in the hospital or like just the knickknack like collectible stuff I don't I don't even yeah I don't even know how to explain like they have like stuffed animals and basically stuff that you don't ever really need it's a gift shop in your life it's a gift shop yeah I think my problem with Barnes and Noble is you walk in and now they have i think that they are now a distributor for ThinkGeek or GameStop type places because they're, mm. they've got tons of board games and puzzles mm-hmm. and um, there's a lot more novelty items. What are the stuffed animals that are the squishy ones? Squishmallows. And, um, and then there are the tables and the Barnes and Noble that Jenny and I go to is actually fairly large. But I would say 60% of the store is anything but books. It's stationary. Right. And even, yeah. And depending on what door you go in, like you have to go in a ways to get to the books. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are layout things that we're seeing happen a lot. And this is what I was wondering if happened for you, Carolina, was there are these t- trending tables, the TikTok mm-hmm. tables. Um, there was a... In Barnes and Noble, there was a like a trending or TikTok table, and then there was also a LBGTQ table. So when I went, I recently went to the Barnes and Noble because Melanie Harlow was signing there, and they had a trending romance table. So it was called Spicy TikTok Table. Was the name of the table? Mm-hmm. Guess whose book was on that table? The devil, one of his books. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, and Colleen Hoover and those and Emily Henry and those books are not spicy. Those are women's fiction. Stop calling a fucking romance. I'm really over it. But yeah, Nicholas Sparks had a book on the spicy book talk table. And I'm just just like, picked him up and moved him. (laughs) I really just wanted to hide him under the table because I hate him. I also think that something, um, in the bookstores, I noticed in the Barnes and Noble, the aisles are wide. They're not super scrunched. But a lot of times, it's hard to get those books off the lower shelf. And I was thinking about prioritizing visibility and accessibility. So if you're someone that is a wheelchair user, getting to mm. those lower shelves is very difficult. And there's only one or two people working. There's one at the register and one at the kiosk helping you or, you know, answering questions. Right. It's um, because over the weekend, I went to a half price books and kind of felt the same way. Like I was so sad that it's half price books, so it's used books, but like everything was older mass market. They didn't have any newer contemporary romance in used sections. And they did sell now new books. Half Price Books sells new books for retail. They're not half price. But they also sell everything else. Video games. It's a media store more than Mm -hmm. a bookstore. And that was really frustrating for me. Um, Okay, so... Are you a side scroller head tilter in the bookstore? What do you? Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You I'm lean your head and like read that. the yeah. title yeah. And, I, and walk down. The, yes, oh, yeah. and you yeah. side scroll like step yeah. side step mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Um, Which again, that like bottom shelf, like you gotta like crouch down and like all in your butt to see what's down there. Yep. So when we say independent bookstore, this is a retailing bookstore, which is independently owned. Usually an independent store consists only of a single actual store, meaning they aren't going to have franchises all over the place. 
guys. <laughs> the dog-eared bookstore is only going to be in that town. Um, typically, there can be ones that have like a San Diego location and maybe they have a La Jolla San- location. Um, but they're going to be fairly regional. So currently in the U.S., there are 2,506 independent bookstores. Uh, so something that came up is, again, I want to support local, but going to an indie bookstore as an indie romance reader is very difficult. Very much so. I am not a trad pub reader. It is becoming more and more obvious to me that very few trad pub books are for me. And I am not. I, ha- I have better luck if, with the exception of like this meet cute bookstore in San Diego, because they are only romance. But if it's truly an independent bookstore, if it is um, not new books, like it's secondhand resale books, you're more than I'm. I have better luck then finding um authors independent authors or the potential to find independent authors you're still going to get the traditional published authors um in that sense because it's you know people's collections and everything yeah i was really disappointed in the half price bookstore that i went to there were no current contemporary titles it was all older historical what were you going to say jenny Oh, I do not remember. But okay. um, as you were saying that, I was curious where where are they getting their stock? Is it just people that bring them and they like pay them a percentage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for used bookstores, that's pretty much how it works is their stock is people bringing it to and they purchase for store credit typically. So when I grew up here in Finley, there used to be a used bookstore. It was called the Book Nook. Um It was the highlight of my month. My mother would only go once a month. She'd take the bag that had been to all the people's houses, turn it in for credit, and we would get the store credit. And we got to pick new books off the shelf to start the new bag collection that went house to house. And that was, I mean, digging through those books and looking through the shelves. But yes, it was, um, you know, people had, like what we had done, donated them in or Sold them to the store for store credit. Over the weekend, I also went to a place in Dayton, Ohio called the Dollar Book Swap. Every book in this place is $1.25. And when you walk in, first of all, it's sketch. Like, it's a warehouse. It's very industrial. Uh, but I'm obsessed with this place, guys. I'm not going to stop talking about this place for a minute. You walk through this warehouse, and there are these big, giant cardboard containers. And they are all full of books. Well, they're from libraries. They buy lots of used mm-hmm. books from libraries that mm-hmm. um, have, you know, combed their collection. And then they buy these lots unseen and then they go through and put them out. Yeah. So, um, okay. I also want to mention bookshop.org. Uh, in 2020, bookshop.org, an online bookstore dedicated to financially supporting independent bookstores, launched uh, due to the pandemic, the independent bookstores will receive 30% of sales made through the site. So if you don't have an independent bookstore necessarily in your hometown, but you've seen one on TikTok or seen one in other places, you can go on to bookshop.org, select that as your home um, indie store and any books that you purchase off of that, a percentage of sales through the site goes to those retailers. I would also encourage people to, as they travel, search independent bookstores in that area when they travel. I mm-hmm. did that when we went to Hawaii a couple of years ago, um, and I I schlepped my family to all these stores, um, and my sister-in-law loved it because she's a big reader, and of the three stores we went to, I was pleasantly surprised at two of them. Um, one was a second, like a retail store, um, and they had a decent collection and then the other one was a store that like sold books and all the proceeds went to their library so nice. they, they sold secondhand books 
um, so you're buying books for a couple dollars and they all, the proceeds went to the library in the area. And there was a pretty decent, like a full shelf, like one full shelf of, in each of these stores of romance. And I think sometimes too. So you never know what you're going to find. No. So I recently had a TikTok come across my feed and I've talked to Carolina about this, but I feel like it's important that we talk about this. Um, a independent book retailer was making gagging noises based on a blurb of a romance selection that was coming out soon. And it got me thinking about not every bookstore is a safe space for romance readers. Mm-hmm. And that's really frustrating because, and again, my vision is a little skewed because I have surrounded myself with romance readers. But romance readers are prolific and they're buyers. They're buying things. And if you make a safe space, they are loyal. They will come to you to buy their books. And I was just really upset and really kind of grossed out that this store felt going to a public forum because they put it up on TikTok and thought that was acceptable behavior. Were they solely romance or were they just independent? They're just an independent bookstore. But this was a retailer. So this would have been... They're an independent bookstore. They would have gotten something from the publisher that said, this is one of our highlighted, excited titles. Would you like to stock this in your store? Well, and think about it because you've, you have now made it not a safe space for the romance reader and the family. And guess what? They're buying books for other people in their family. They're buying books for their kids. They're buying books for their spouse. They're buying books for their friends we're book readers. So we love giving books. And if you do something like that, I'm not going into your store. Nope. Exactly. And how many times do we go into the store? So for example, I went into that Barnes and Noble a couple weekends ago for the Melanie Harlow signing. I only bought one book just because I had others of hers and whatever. My family spent like an additional $75. Right. But I was in a space that felt safe for me to be a romance reader and to do that. Had I walked in there and it not felt safe, we would have turned around and walked away. And there you lost almost potential of $100 sales. You know, not every book is for every reader. Not every genre is for every reader. But be respectful of readers. Period. I think it brings into question, though, if they feel confident and comfortable enough to yuck that kind of yum in a day and age when book banning is becoming so commonplace anymore now. I mean, recently, Nora Roberts is getting banned. Nora freaking Roberts is getting banned. You, There's a crazy ban in Florida right now on a lot of different books, so we're not going to go into that. But what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is, though, like, are you a safe space for queer readers? Are you a safe right. space for disabled readers? Like, if you feel confident coming after a romance reader, what else are you hiding? Yeah. That's all. Because it just yeah. only takes one small thing to make it a bigger right. thing. Well, and... I- hey, Becky's told me about it. And I'm sure she's told other people about it. And now we're talking about it. So like, it's going to get out there. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about book buying in retailers like Target and Walmart. Can you not put the sticker on the freaking book? (laughs) Can you please not put the sticker on the book? I will not buy your I will not buy the book as much as I want it from you because you put the damn sticker on it. Why can't they put the sticker on the back where the UPS code is already? Do not put the sticker on the book. I'm sorry. Was that was that a little too much? No, it's okay. I Gretchen is probably like in her car right now going, yes, Carolina, yes, no stickers on the cover. 
I went to a book signing too. Um, and one of the authors, I, and I, it happened so fast, put a sticker on the cover of a book that said signed book. And I was like, no, inside I was dying. And I went to one of my friends who was there too. And like, hey, she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, she put a sticker on the book and I don't know where I can get it off. And so we sat there like scraping the sticker on the book and we finally got it off. But I was just like devastated. It's a trophy book for me. Don't mess with the freaking cover. Sorry. Um, tangent. <laughs> tangent. Okay. So buying books online. Do you? Okay. So bookstores, dopamine release. I think that. I don't know. Getting a book in the mail has sometimes a greater effect on me than it does getting it at the store. I don't know if it's because there's the disconnect that I just put my credit card in and it charged it and I don't have to look <laughs> at that receipt. Nobody said a total out loud. <laughs> Versus when it comes to my door. <laughs> or buying them direct from the author. Yeah. Like, and you know where to get like, I do like it. Like, there's excitement in opening the box, like, waiting for it to arrive and then looking, like, you get all excited as you look at all the color uh, covers and then you fan them out and you're like, oh, okay, now I get to put them. It's just a different feel of putting them on your shelf and finding, like, okay, now I got to rearrange things and get them there. Um, and, and, and do something smart like uh, Sawyer Bennett does because she totally got me this last order and it's going to happen again this next order. I don't have all her books. Oh, okay. Shipping for like two books is this amount, which I was buying like three or shipping for up to 10 books is this same set amount. You better believe I won't. I didn't buy 10 books, but I bought a lot of books. <laughs> this happens to Heather too, because she has to justify the shipping costs. I'm like, if you're going to charge me the same amount for three books as you're going to charge me for like eight books, I'm going with eight. Like, um, Heather ended up, that's why she has like code name ghost. She has three copies of the book <laughs> because she keeps buying it. And finally, the last time she put it in her cart and paid for it. Sawyer sent her a message and said, hey, I'm fairly certain you have bought this twice for me. Do you still want this third copy? <laughs> Heather's like, no. No, I don't. She's like, do you want me to switch it for something else? She's like, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> um, okay, so we talked a little bit about used bookshops, which I love. Like I said, I went to this warehouse and it was big giant boxes that I got to dig through shelves um like big plastic container like you know the big push containers full of books that I just got to dig through and look for stuff I loved it I loved it but I'm really lucky I have a great library that so we don't have a used bookstore in our town so people will donate their books to the library for the used library sale on top of what they de-shelf. I love the library sale. I love my library sale. So if you live in an area where there's a library, make sure you check with your library when mm -hmm. they're going to have their used sale. Oftentimes there are paper boxes, especially full of the category and the mass market romances. And I take Mike with me. He hefts them up on the table. I dig through them. I'm like, yep done don't need that box he puts it back under the table and gets me another <laughs> box oh yeah and i come home with but it's only like i get two tote bags so at my library sale it's three dollars for a bag full of books and the money in your own bag or they got a bag Either way, they get paper bags from the local grocer, or you can take your own tote in. So I carry, I have a couple of canvas totes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, oh. I have been itching to get to my library's um, book sale. Although I, I I'm going to be interested, I'm going to be interested to see what they have because their romance section's a little mixed. It's a little more traditional pubbed authors mm -hmm. than independent um 
but I still want to check it out. I right? the last time I they had the big giant one last summer. I mean, there were Susan Stokers on the table. There were um, lots of authors you wouldn't necessarily expect to see. So your in your library system also is a lot better, even on books that are digital. Like yeah. we've talked about this, your library has like I don't know. Well, lots. yeah, like mine has maybe. 2000 titles in the digital I'm very realm. lucky well and I just like, happened to have a discussion with our library director in our local library and she's a romance reader oh uh, wow and so she's like I'm always Bingo. buying romances what do you got <laughs> <laughs> okay so there is thriftbooks.com if you're looking for an online retailer a lot of times these are libraries selling books that they're de-shelfing that are popular titles or it can also be retailers. So if you are looking for a book that's maybe an older title that isn't current, um, they do have current titles too, but you can find books, used books for sale at thriftbooks.com. And I do like it. I bought, that's how I bought the Puck series from Helena Hunting was on thriftbooks and I got them for half the cost. Um. Okay. Free little libraries. You know, if you're out walking around, you might stop and check your free little libraries. I think this is going to be the key. Although you have to live in an area where somebody reads these books, I guess, right? My kid just picked one up today from a free little library. The Secrets Inside a Shopping Mall. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> um, we're going we're gonna to need an update. I want a secret now. <laughs> I like to take books that I'm unhauling and drop them in local free little libraries. So Yeah, that's great. Um, garage sales. This is my plan for the summer because I am on the hunt for even more step backs. And on top of that, there are certain groupings of author books like The Raider. I'm missing one cover. Um, and before I try to do thrift books or eBay... I'm going to check garage sales this summer. So in hopes that I can find it. But yeah, I mean, little old ladies, they got all these boxes of mass market paperbacks. So. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I need to rethink my strategy. Yeah. Garage sales this summer. Villages and <laughs> Well, think about it. Garage sales, like a lot of times it's a quarter a book or, you know. Even a dollar a book. Yeah. Well, that's, I got like 50 shades of gray the whole series for yeah like a dollar fifty because it was 50 cents a book let me tell you about all the copies of 50 shades that were at this used book warehouse <laughs> let me tell you have you ever seen the picture of the it was a it was a charity store in england that took the 50 yes. shades of gray and created a castle around someone's desk of all the donated copies yeah, because you were like, that. we don't want any more. <laughs> we don't want any more. We are not accepting these books. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so I asked in the community. So here's the fun part. We're going to build our dream bookstore right here. I asked in our community, other than books, what are some things you would like to see in a bookstore? Most popular answer this is how we know these are our people. Like, I've curated my friend list here, guys. Right. Uh, coffee and cocktails. Those were the top two answers. Coffee and tea. Tea for the tea drinkers. Tea for the tea drinkers. Um, it was also asked that there be a place to sit and read and gather. And mm -hmm. I agree with this. You know, if they told me, like, the Barnes & Noble... If they said, hey, we're hosting this author for a book club, read the title and, you know, we'll have seats and I would be more up to make that trip and go up there. Barnes & Noble used to have a lot more seating than they do now. They actually, there was a, oh goodness, there was a change maybe eight years ago that they pulled, significantly pulled the seating. Yeah. They only left it in the cafe. Like they had the big, um armchairs like the extra wide armchairs that you could just sit crisscross style in the chair this was me me and my cookbooks like on the table and I would like go through them and sit in that chair and I'd be there for like a good hour and I was always buying a book I was always yeah. walking out with at least one or two books um but they just they don't have them anymore and I know the pandemic changed things but I still think the the bookstore 
could be such a gathering place. And we used to have a coffee shop here in our town that had tons of shelves of books and it had this cozy feeling. It was a great place to work and I could stay there all day buying coffee just surrounded by old tombs of books. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, talk about that like dopamine smell, like that place. Oh. Yeah, right. Um, I know. Um, other mention was stationery, like journals and books and, uh, you know, like writing stuff. I don't know that we need all that. Um, what else would be in your dream library? I think, or your dream bookstore. I would love a romance only bookstore in Northwest Ohio or anywhere in Ohio. I'll drive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you have any other thoughts on what you would like to see? Um, I would also love for them to do events, like bring, find different ways to bring romance readers together. Yeah. If you're going to be there, because I want to know who reads in my area and whether it be by subgenres or tropes or whatever that is, like have like a book club for just different types so you can get to meet people or author events would be awesome. You know, that's, um, that's something we talk about often that sometimes being a romance reader can feel very um, isolating and we mm-hmm. don't know people in our real lives that read romance. So it would be great if a bookstore could kind of make, create that. Especially if it was place. a romance bookstore, like it was just a one um, genre and that like to the romance genre let me just say because it creates that safe space we were talking about exactly um i also love in bookstores um the and a lot of them do it so it's pretty common you get the recommendations on typically it's the employee recommendations these are the type of books i like um the other thing that meet cute did which was kind of comes from like Instagram, like if you like this, then read this. Um, or they just had different types of those recommendations through throughout the store. So if you really were just in there wandering and didn't have an idea, um, that was a great way to do it. The other thing, and this kind of comes from back from my hospitality time, have staff, like you don't need to be on top of me, but have staff that walks around and says, can I help you find anything? Are you new? Well, is this your first time to the store? How can I help you find whatever you're looking for? Nope, don't need anything. I'm over here if you have questions. That is just welcome me into your space. Yeah. Nope, I can feel that. I feel that. Um. Okay, is there anything else? Bookstore rants, bookstore things, bookstore pieces we would like to talk about i feel like i had enough rants today okay Okay. i've reached my rant quota you're you're, okay well guess what carolina it's time now (laughs) book of the week carolina you're up first what's your book of the week okay my book is a series um, if you look at it on Amazon, um, the books are in K- Kindle Unlimited. So it's the Cowboys of Moss Creek by Janice Whitaker. Um, that's the way it's listed in Amazon. In Goodreads, the series name is Cowboy Classified Series. So if you're reading the titles, book one is Cowboy Seeks Nanny, book two is Cowboy Seeking a Second Chance, book three is Cowboy Seeking a Wedding Date. So you kind of, I think she changed it because for whatever reason. Um, like I said, I'm already midway through book four and am anxious to get to book five. Like they're just, they're fun. They're these protective cowboy brothers. They all have this pining um, quality about them. It's funny that we were talking about pining today because they all kind of have this pining feel to them and they've all fallen for their heroines first which just flows through the series like the women the heroines are a little bit just hesitant for and they each have good different reasons to being there but there's great things about a cowboy series that i love and it has the series has it in it so 
So FYI, for anyone who didn't know, Janice Whitaker also writes as Gemma Westbrook and Josie Watts. She has three different author names that are all JWs. Um, Josie Watts does rom-coms and Gemma Westbrook does romantic suspense. So I will say in this series, um, book one is my least favorite. So it, if you read is that, that one, Cowboy Seeks Nanny. Seeking Nanny. Yeah. yeah. We did a quick shot of that title. Um, it's, it's okay, but don't let that discourage you if you start there. Like, I feel like book two and book three are much stronger books. Okay. So. And I'm in the middle of book four. There we go. Um, Jenny, what's your book of the week? Yeah, like I said, I've had a bad like book week, but the Smarty Pants romance, like spring launch, is slowly rolling out. So, okay. Yeah, I think um, right now I have uh, Stacy Travis. Do you love me? I liked that cover. That's the blue one, right, with the burlap look. No, this one's like bread. It's okay. not in color, but okay, okay, okay. Um, so I didn't have a bad reading week, but the books I read were weird. Solid three stars all week long until Friday night. JL Beck sent me book two, and the. Torino Mafia series. So book one was Empire of Lust, and it is a best friend's dad. He is a arms dealer, so mafia vibes. He's a daddy. Book one was very, very sexual. Very sexual. It was spicy. Loved it. Now, a lot of times, so this is a trilogy, and a lot of times when we get a book two, we're often disappointed, right? Because sometimes the story will lag or it feels like we move nowhere. And did we really even need book two? Jail Beck is turning me into a liar because book two, <laughs> it was equally spicy, but it was much more about building the plot and the storyline and entering like the not just the you know, age gap dynamic or the best friend's daughter, but there's a sort of ex-wife, but not an ex-wife. There's also <laughs> like the gun dealers and her dad's a cop, and but he's obsessed with his wife, his late wife's death and that thinks that she was murdered by the guy that the daughter is sleeping with. Like, True JL Beck, spicy mafia bonkersness. And I'm telling you, when I read this book, like yesterday as we're driving, because it was a drive down to where this book warehouse was, I couldn't stop reading. Like it was just like, I didn't talk to anybody in the car. I just read, read, read. Um, so book two in the series is called Empire of Lies by JL Beck. The series does not finish until June. So for those of you that need to read it when all the books are out book three will be out in june but it just reaffirmed my love of um daddy <laughs> and uh in this book the hero has so in the previous episode, we give you all of our Pedro Pascal daddy Rex. Like, if you liked him as this character. So, Empire of Lust, Empire of Lies. It is the Among Us. No, not Among Us. Not that. Oh, my God. The Last of Us. The Last of Us. Oh, my <laughs> God. I'm on drugs. Um, The Last of Us. Uh, Pedro Pascal. Like, he's an anti-hero touch her and die vibes protects those he cares about but he's really a man on a mission so i love it anyway super spicy i enjoyed it so those are our books of the week you can always find a list of our books of the week on our on the shelf show notes at buzzingaboutromance.com i do want to take a minute and welcome new patreon members amber and darcy Welcome to the Hive. We are super excited to have you. 
Um, we are also celebrating the one-year member of ha- the one-year anniversary for Hive members, Amanda, Terry, and Kimberly. Thank you for supporting us and helping us to bring you all the amazing podcast goodness that is Buzzing About Romance and Corset and Crown. We currently have four open tiers on Patreon. They start at $5 a month, including membership to Drunk Book Club and other exclusive content and exclusive episodes like Should You Read It? Um, we also have a ton of events coming up still this month of May and into June. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter and check out bookcaseandcoffee.com slash events for all of our happenings. We have had some amazing lives and you can go back and watch those on YouTube. We leave them up. So at the dropping of this episode, we will have been live. Caroline and I will be live with Melanie Harlow. We will have been live with Lucy Smoke. And I think that's it. Well, plus all the other previous ones. Like we had Carrie Elks and um, Aaron Nicholas. That was a delight. She was mm-hmm. a delight. Renee Rose and uh, Alta Hensley. So lots of good stuff happening over on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe and follow us over there. Um, thanks all for the things. All the things. We have all the things happening. Thanks for chatting um, bookstores with me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Um, Until next time, everyone. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 